to see you guys this morning. And now they've turned me on. You can hear me now. Uh, hey, uh, well, my name's, my name's Jeep Underwood, and I'm uh, really glad to be here this morning. I'm really glad that just you guys have all decided to spend some time with us here this morning at Church in the Valley. Uh, I hope each of you guys had a great Christmas, too. Uh, we, had a, we had a great Christmas in my house. Uh, it's really, we had a fun visit from my mom and dad. And my mom and dad, their, their birthdays are, are at Christmas time. And so I went, I went and picked them up up north, and I got back, and we started off with my mom's birthday on the 19th, and then we ended up with the, my dad's birthday on the 28th. And uh, it was just really just a real fun time hanging with each other. But one thing about the, the gals in my family, they like to do something at the Christmas time, and that is to watch Hallmark Christmas movies. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys are watching Hallmark Christmas movies out there, but if you've seen one, You've seen them all, and I know because I have seen them all. So I've actually I've actually played that one out. Um, so we we have seen them all, and then we saw them some more. And uh, it's always the same story. I won't go into that. But when you watch a lot of Hallmark movies, you do see commercials, and uh, you know some commercials are just completely stupid, and there's some that they just they're funny. And so I wanted to, I wanted to share with you guys uh, this uh, the AT and T commercial. That they're going around now. They've been going on for a while. I want to show you a couple of these commercials about just what okay looks like. You know what you Have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network, according to America's biggest test. Now with 5G Evolution, the first step to 5G. More for your thing. That's our thing. First tattoo? Yeah. Relax, amigo. It's going to look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network, according to America's biggest test. Now with 5G Evolution, the first step to 5G. More for your thing. That's our thing. Now, I'm not advertising AT&T, but, uh, you know, their, their tagline is, you know, just okay is not okay. And especially if you're looking for a doctor or a tattoo artist, I guess. I haven't done the second one, but, uh, you know, but the reality is, you know, as you look at that, we really don't want our lives to be just okay either because just okay is not okay and we just we just started a new year uh, 2020 and when you start a new year it's just a real natural time to be looking back and then looking forward now looking back kind of seeing how things have been going then looking forward and seeing how you really like them to go in the future and what we tend to do is we we tend to make new year's resolutions like barry was talking about earlier and they, those the new year's resolutions they tend not to last as long as we hope they would. And I think one of the reasons, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a psychologist, but I think one of the reasons is we tend to look at an area where we want to improve and we look at what perfection would look like in that area and we aim for perfection and we're trying to, and we want to get there quick. So it's like a very rapid, rapidly changing thing. We want to do something that we can quickly get to perfect in that area. And what happens after just a very short amount of time, you realize this isn't going to happen quickly, and we, we, tend to, we tend to just kind of give up on that and just go back to the way we've always been doing things. 
But when we do that, when we, when we give up on something we want to change and we kind of go back to how we always do things, it's kind of, it puts us kind of into a holding pattern in that area. Kind of like, uh, like airplanes at, a, at an airport when, you, uh, when, you, when you're flying in but they can't land you right then, so you go and they put you into a holding pattern. And so you, you're burning a lot of gas, you're circling the airport, but you're not, you're not really going anywhere. And so when we start just doing things the way we've always done them, it can be a lot like that. It's like, you know, you're doing the same things the same way and you're getting kind of the same results. And none of us really want that. None of us really want that. Each of us really want to make progress in our lives. And so, you know, as we, as we look forward to this next year, I would like to suggest a, a different target than perfection. And that is, let's, let's, let's aim at better. Aim at better. You know, better is really kind of an underrated concept. Better is better. And so if we, if we could have a, if this year was better than last year, then we'd really be going somewhere. And we wouldn't be in a holding pattern. We'd actually be uh, progressing somewhere. And so let's aim at, let's aim at how we can be better this year than we were last year. Now, one thing that Paul, Paul said in, uh, Philippians 1 6, he said, uh, for I am confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, for those of us who've decided to follow Christ, and we really made him the boss of our lives, then what it says is that God's really at work in our lives, and he's perfecting us until the day of Christ Jesus. That means we're never going to arrive at perfection, but he's going to continue working in our lives. And if we'll cooperate with him, what he does is he perfects us over time, and he helps us change over time to be more like him. And so when you're in a growing relationship with God and really walking with him, it's really an experience of your life of getting better and better and better over time. That's really what the experience is like. And better is more than just okay. You know, uh, just okay is not okay. And that's not really what we want. So this morning, the question that I, wanna, I want us to think about is how can we have a better year this year than last year? How can we have a better year this year than last year? Um, and just... Just to, uh, to be able to answer that question, there's another question we have to really spend some time on and we have to think about first in our own lives. And that's the question, how was last year for you? How was last year for you? Now, for some of us, last year was really good. And for some of us, last year wasn't so good. And I, th- I, would, I would say that probably for the majority of us, last year was kind of a combination of all that. It's kind of like there were some things that were really good. There were things that were really challenging that we had going on last year. And so we, so we look back and say, you know, how was last year for you? And look at some areas where maybe uh, God would really want you to work on and change. You'd like to actually be better this year. And one thing is, as we think about that question, though, of, of how it went last year, just remember this, make sure we remember this, and that is that our Heavenly Father wants our year this year to be better than last year. He wants it. He wants that for us. In uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, uh, God says this. He says, "For I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God really wants. He really wants us as we go into the future to have an experience of it being better and better, because there's real hope uh, for the future. He has a real plan and a real hope for us in the future. Now I'm a I'm a father, and I can tell you that's what I want for my kids. I want my kids to have a better year 
uh, this year than they had last year. That's because I really love them and I really care about them. And how much more does our Heavenly Father want that for us? In fact, one thing that Jesus said when, when he, one of the times when he talked about, hey, this is why I came. This is why God sent me. He says this in John 10.10. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He says, you know, I came that they, which they is you and me. He came that we would have life and have it abundantly. One translation says, have life to the full. He really wants us to have life to the full. Jesus, he doesn't want us to settle for just okay. He wants really to have us a full, significant, meaningful life. That's what he really wants for us. So as we think this morning, I like this, as we think about how last year went for us, I like this. When, that, that's actually a really big question, and it covers a whole lot of ground. I like this this morning just to think about five big areas. Now, these aren't the only big er- the only areas of life, but they're big areas in life. And I could just take a look at this list. It should be on the screen behind me. Just take a look at this list and just think about those categories in your own life and pick one thing in one of those categories that you would like to have better next year. It might be something that, that God's been kind of putting his finger on in your life over the past several months. It might be something you've just known. It might, it might be there's an area where you know you need to gain some momentum. It might be an area where you feel like last year you lost some momentum. So just... One area. Now, for me, I look up that list and I see, I see many areas. <laughs> and uh, it's probably a common experience for most of us here today. But I see many areas. But just pick one this morning. Pick, pick that one that comes to your mind like that. That's one that I really need. I really want to be better next year than this year. And, and, let's, and just spend some time focusing on that. Now, it might, it might be that your thing is in the area of just the financial arena. It might Maybe you're looking and you're going, you know what? My spending really outpaced my savings this year, and I need to change that. It might be, it might be you look at the, uh, the relational arena and you think, you know, maybe, maybe I need to, I need to invest some more time in a particular relationship. Or maybe, there, maybe there's a relationship that needs to be repaired, and you go, I need to change that. It might be physically. Um, it might be, you know, maybe there's a, there's a change in your eating habits you need to do. Um, you know, uh, it might be that you've lost some momentum in that area. I know that's that's one thing for me. That's on my list is I've lost some momentum in that area. That's something I really want to work on this next year. And then maybe it's your career. Maybe maybe as you look at uh, at your work life, maybe there's you have a you have a wake behind you of unfinished assignments, and you go, you know, I need to change that. I need to make sure I get things done. Or maybe it's in the area of just spiritual. It might be you know maybe you've let the busyness of life kind of crowd God out. And you think, yeah, I just need to change that. It might be it just, it could be all kinds of things. But for you, think about the one thing that you would really want to see better next year than this year. And then uh, as we do that, you know, it could be, it could be something that actually you've been thinking about for a while. But just how do you make some traction on that? So that's what we're going to look at this morning is just share some thoughts on how do you strive for better in, in that area, in an area that you really would like to be better in? How do you strive for that? And so I'm going to, I want to do three things. I want to, I want to look at a principle that if we'll implement it, it can make a real difference in uh, really whether we have a better year this year than last year. And also an obstacle that comes up when you begin to try to implement this, uh, try to implement this principle, and then how God can really help us and remove that obstacle from us. Those are three things we'll look at. We'll look at the principle, the obstacle, and how God can really help us remove that obstacle. So here's the principle. 
and this is not rocket science. Uh, the principle is small things consistently over time lead to big things. Small things consistently over time lead to big things. Small things that may seem really insignificant when they're done consistently can actually make real big things happen. Now, there's good news and bad news on this front. Uh, the bad news is it also that works on the negative side. And so, you know, if you, if uh, a lot of negative, you know, small negative things consistently done over time lead to negative big things, you know, no one really walks out the door and goes, you know what I want to do today? I want to ruin my life. I say almost no one goes out thinking that. But if you just have a lot of negative deposits, you can actually have things kind of blow up in your life as things go on down the road. So we want to watch that big time. But the good news is, is that it is, it actually is very, very true as well on the positive side. Uh, small positive things consistently done over time lead to big positive things in your life. Now, you know, I, uh, I remember when I was back in college in uh, Fresno State uh, studying civil engineering, one of the required classes that you had to take was a class called materials. It was about all the engineering materials and how, how you form them and create them so that you can build things. And it was required. And uh, it was for both civil engineering and mechanical engineering, but it was a required class and only one guy taught it. And we walked in the room. The first thing I noticed about this guy is that uh, he was uh, – an elderly man, and he's kind of gruff looking, had a big beard. And I also noticed there's about 20 people that were in the class with us. And the first thing he did is he got up and he goes, all right. He said, I'm going to teach you this class. He says, I don't know what kind of grade you're going to get in here, but you're going to know this stuff when you leave. And all of us kind of step, you know, teachers don't usually talk to you quite like that. And he goes, in fact, in this class, I'm going to make you bleed. And I thought, whoa, okay. You know, there's like a little, you know, an, an outroar of people going, looking at each other. And he says, in fact, he said, uh, he says, you will know this stuff when you leave. He said, when uh, we're going to have, there's going to be on the syllabus, we have reading assignments. And when you do these, every, every time we meet, uh, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to call people out. And I'm going to ask questions on the reading assignment. And if you don't know the answer, then I'm going to put a little mark by your name in the roll. And at the end of the year, if you're like between two grades and there's a bunch of marks by the, your name, I'm going to give you the lower grade. So we're getting at a big dose. And then he goes, and if you can't read, well, then you don't belong in this class. <laughs> you go, okay. And it just keeps going. And he goes, in fact, next period, we're going to have a reading comprehension test. Okay. <laughs> okay. I took the SAT. Well, take the, so he says, and so the next period we come in and seriously, there's a reading comprehension test. We're all doing this, and he goes, if you need help, I want to get you the help because you have to be able to read to take this class. So so anyway, we do this reading comprehension test. Then we go in for the first day of class after that, and there were only five people left. Imagine that. There's only five people left. And I, it's a required class, and he's the only guy who taught it. And I thought, why would you drop this? But I think some guys are going, go for retirement, <laughs> retirement before I graduate. So anyway, so I take this class, and I did something that I hadn't often done. In fact, I can honestly say I didn't do Yes, I did the reading before the class. Yes, I actually was convinced that I ought to read something, so I, I began to read. And so I'd read the past, the, the thing I was supposed to read for that week. We'd go to class. He didn't ask me any questions. But he would ask guys. Hey, man, he'd nail them. So I'd read and read. And, and then uh, 
one day he, he had to, he said, if you, he says, if you know, if you have to look through your book and find the answer, that's fine because that means you did the reading. You'd have no idea where to look if you didn't do the reading. And so I, I go in there one day and he goes, all right, Underwood, today's your day. And so I, okay. And he asked me this question. I'm, I'm flipping through. I went, this. I went, Austinite. Oh, that's right. Then he goes, he goes back. It's like four times in a row. He nails me with a question. And I, and I found the right answer. And he goes, I can't get Underwood today. <laughs> went, okay. And so, and he, it turns out he's actually kind of a, kind of a cool guy, but man, gruff. He goes, well, I can't get Underwood today. And what I didn't know is he was never going to ask me another question in class. But I didn't know that, so I kept doing the reading. <laughs> and so I noticed I actually, I wound up getting an A in that class. And I, I discovered something. There was a cause and effect relationship between studying and A's. It was just, it was something that eluded me before. It was, there was something about consistently, or something about consistently doing something over time that led to something big. And I had actually discovered that on the negative side several times, but that's another story. You know, when you don't, you don't get A's. But that's, that's that principle. That principle is small things done consistently over time lead to big things. Now, when we think, when we, when we think of change and trying to change something, the word that comes to our mind a lot is commitment. And commitment's good. Commitment gets you to the starting line. It's what gets you to make the resolution or to, to say, this is what I want to change. Commitment gets you to the starting line, but it's consistency that gets you to the finish line. It's consistency that gets you to the finish line. So we have to, we have to work on being consistent. So imagine, imagine this morning that I had, that there's two jars up here. And one, one glass jar has 365 marbles in it. And the other glass jar has nothing in it. And the jar with all the marbles just represents every day that's available this year. And the jar with nothing in it is just a picture of our year, your year this next year. And think of that thing that you're considering this morning. Think of that thing. It might be a discipline. It might be a, it might be a new habit. It might be a new approach to something that God has been showing you. It might, it might be eating less carbs. It might, I don't, whatever it is for you, think about that. And think about if you put that into practice. Every day you do it, it's like taking one marble out of this jar and dropping it in the empty jar. Now, as you do that, it feels like, well, it's just one marble. But if you consistently do that over time, you start filling that jar up with marbles and you begin to make real progress in that area. Now, it would be nice, kind of like, like in the area of working out. You know, you'd like, you'd like to just like dump all the marbles in and say, well, I'll just, I'll change. But that's just, that's just not the way it works. I had a friend who became a, uh, a, uh, a physical, what do you call it? Uh, at, at the, uh, at the gym, someone who helps you. Trainer, thank you, physical trainer. He goes, Jeep, I need to practice. Would you come in? This was like 15 years ago. Uh, okay. And so he, he took me to fail in everything he knew how to do. And I was, and you know, me, with me, it's like, well, that was the first time I'd worked out in five years. And so I'm there, and I think he saw me, and he goes, he needs a lot of help. So, hey, we're going to do this. Anyway, I wound up going to fail. I couldn't even drive away. <laughs> I got in my car. I couldn't steer the steering wheel. When, when you try to do it all at once, it just doesn't work. But if you consistently do it over time, you see the change, and you begin to actually make progress in that area. 
And so what we have to do, if you want a better year this year than last year, you just have to keep putting marbles in the jar. You just got to keep putting marbles in the jar. And the more marbles of consistency in your jar, the greater the traction and momentum you're going to get in that area. Remember, small things consistently over time lead to big things. You know, that really makes sense. Now, I'm, like I said, this isn't rocket science. I think that is, it's pretty easy to understand. But there's an obstacle. There's an obstacle to this. And it's an obstacle. It's the reason why there weren't a lot of marbles in your jar last year in this area and for me. It's the reason of that. There's, because there's this obstacle that we have. And I think what it is is when you, when you identify or when I identify an area that we need to improve, uh, what we're really saying is, I'm not as strong as I need to be in that area. I'm not as strong as I need to be in that area. In fact, it's, it's really an area of weakness of mine. And so, it's, it's a weak area that you have, and if all we do is just commit to change and try hard, then at some point our strength gives out. Our strength runs out, and we just stop. We just give up. And we've all seen this obstacle in our lives, and we, I think all of us know this obstacle is the thing we're trying to change is the thing that we're actually weak in. And the, great, the best news and the great news is just this, is that God wants to give us the strength for consistency in the, in the things that bring real change. God wants to give us strength for the consistency that brings real change in our lives. So when your strength runs out, how do you tap into and access the strength of God in your life? How do you tap into the God's strength? This morning we're going we're to look at a conversation that Paul had with God. And he, he, he records it in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm chapter 12. And he, he, Paul has identified a weakness that he has. And he's taken it to God. And God, this is God's answer. I want us to look at this this morning in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Now, what I want to do this morning, I want to pull three things out of this uh, as we look at this conversation. I want, to, I want to pull three things out of this that really help us just to see how we can tap into God's strength. First one is, you know, Paul, Paul said, you know, he, like I said, he'd been dealing with a weakness. And then God said his power was made perfect in weakness. And God, his response is, well, then I want to tell you all about all my weaknesses. So he, he talks about one weakness, and then he opens it up to category. And he, he's sharing with God all of his weaknesses. And it really leads us to really what the first thing we need to do. And that is we need to not hide our weaknesses from God. We need to admit them to God. We just need to admit our weaknesses to God. Um, one thing that Paul discovered is that our weaknesses are really opportunities to get close to God. Our weaknesses are really opportunities to get close to God. And admitting that you're struggling, admitting that you're weak in this area is really the first step to connecting to God. And then God goes on and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, my power is made perfect in the middle of your weakness. It's made perfect in the middle of your struggle. So the second, the second thing that we need to do to tap in is we need to ask for God's grace and we need to ask him for his help. We need to ask for God's grace and ask him for his help. You know, it's our, it's our natural tendency to feel like we're independent and we're supposed to do everything in our own strength. That's our natural tendency. We have to do it all on our own. But, you know, so, but, but here's, here's a truth 
And that is, as you're trying to change, you can't start from where you wish you were. You have to start from where you really are. Uh, at work, this comes up a lot at work. You know, there will be executives will say, we need to have this project done in four months. And I don't know how many times I've had the conversation where I, well, if we were here, we could do that. But unfortunately, we're here. And if we, I think, I think seven months, if you give us seven months, I think we can get there. But we have to start with where we are, not from where we wish we were. And I don't say it like that to them because it ticks them off. So, but, uh, but I do, that is a truth, is you have to start from where you are. Now, when you see where you really are and you see the consistency that it's going to take to change, one thing that happens is you're really struck with how, how insufficient you really are. So when you see where you really are and you see what it really takes, the consistency it takes to change, you get struck by how insufficient you are. And that's actually a good place to be. Because we'll never see that God's grace is sufficient for us until we find that we aren't. We'll never find that God's grace is sufficient for us until we realize and understand that we aren't. And so when you see where you really are, what it does is it humbles you. It humbles you and you begin, it allows you to admit your weakness and to really ask God for help. It opens up a real conversation with God where you're really asking him for help. So now Paul Paul continues in verse 10. I'd like to go ahead and go to verse 10. This is Paul talking. He says, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when, then, when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, Paul then, he opens up a lot of other categories. He says, you know, he opens up the category of weaknesses, but also insults hardships that happen, persecutions, and then difficulties you face. And, you know, these are the exact, these are the kinds of things that happen in the midst of our daily lives when we try to be consistent. These are the kinds of things that happen in our daily lives when we try to be consistent. It gets hard. Uh, it could be, uh, it could be really, it could be very difficult. It could be some, there's all ways, that, so many ways that this could happen in our daily lives. So Paul paints, he paints a picture showing that this is not a once-in-a-while kind of thing. This is really a daily kind of thing. So this is not a once-in-a-while thing. It's kind of a daily kind of thing. And so really, if you want to gain some traction and momentum in an area that you want to change in, it's not only admitting your weaknesses and asking for help. It's really receiving God's strength daily. It's receiving God's strength on a daily basis. And so really to tap into God's strength, we have to daily admit our weaknesses and ask God for help. And this has to be on a daily basis because life comes at you on a daily basis. And what you have to be is consistent. And so you need God's strength to be able to do that. So when you do that, when you admit to him you need help and you um, you ask him for help and you do that on a daily basis, then God's strength really gives you the power daily to move forward when your strength runs out. He gives you the power to move forward daily when your strength runs out. It's really, it's really the answer to consistency. And so this morning, you know, if each one of us in the area that we have in mind, if each one of us apply this to that area, then what will happen at the end of the year is our jar will be full of marbles. And because small things consistently over time lead to big things, then 
the year, our year this year will be better than last year in that area. And so, again, it's not rocket science. We just have a huge obstacle, and God is right there. He wants to go with us on a daily basis. And so I, I would encourage each one of us this morning to add that to the way we pray and the way we connect to God daily is just, you know, God, I need you in this area. Would you give me the strength I need to be consistent in this today? And uh, what you'll find is that little, that three-step process is really how you make it through life. As you'll find all the things you're dealing with, all the things that are coming at you and the things you have responsibility for, you'll begin to find that God is right there with you and you'll begin to have more impact than you ever had before. And you'll have, your life will begin to change. It's very, very important. So when God's strength consistently meets our weakness, we grow and we make progress. And what happens at the end of the year, we have a real testimony of what God did in our life this year and something we can share to other people. So this morning, I'd like to just, there's some next steps. You know, maybe, the, you know, maybe this morning, there's, maybe there's an area that came to your mind. Maybe you have maybe, maybe one or two that you'd, like to, you'd really like to work on. Just identify those areas. Take some time to think through and evaluate last year and think through, well, you know what? I want, it, I want this to be better next year. And then, you know, just identify and think through, well, what is it I need to be consistent with to really work on that? And then uh, just really take that to God and walk closely with him each day and ask him to really help you with that, admitting that you need his help, knowing you need his help, and ask him to really help you change. And I'd really encourage us to do that today. So with that, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, you can go ahead and do that. The offering will come around in a few minutes. You can drop it in. And I'd like to just pray for us uh, as we go on with our service. Dear God, Father, I'm just very grateful to you that you do not leave us untethered in the dark, but, God, that you want to walk right with us and that you do walk with us. And, God, I just pray that each one of us, God, would make some real progress this year in the areas that we know we need to. And I pray that this year would be better than last year and that we'd be on our way really to the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.